Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Life of Riley. Today on the podcast, we have a really special guest, my friend Willow, and we are going to be talking all about politics and current events with the um, presidential impeachment that happened yesterday, December 18th. And I edited this overnight, and then I'm posting it today because I just think it's really important for you guys to hear about what happened. And of course, this is just one perspective. I encourage all of you to go form your own opinions, listen to other perspectives, gather all the information that you can, and draw your own conclusions. This, um, I feel like I need to give that like disclaimer that's like, this is not reflective of the ideals of the whatever. But like, this is just one perspective. Everyone has their own. And I encourage all of you to share it with me and share it with those that are willing to listen. So have a great day and enjoy this episode of The Life of Riley. Hi, Willie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm really excited. Okay, so this is Willow, and you'll notice throughout the podcast, I call her Willie. <laughs> it's true. Um, her name is Willow Flowers Raffel. That's me. Willow Ariel Flowers Raffel. That's true. That's her full name. Social security number. Yeah. Just kidding. This, her address is. <laughs> just kidding. Although I do know it now. That is true. I do know your address. Yes. Um, Willow recently got married. I did. Which is very exciting. Yeah. She tacked on the Raffel. I did. Because of Max. Yes. How's married life going? It's lovely. What's different about being married? Um, We call each other husband and wife now instead of boyfriend, girlfriend. That's or cute. Or fiance, fiance. That's really cute. That's that's always kind of been our, like our thing is to refer to each other by like our title. As yeah. As weird as that is. I like that. Um, But yeah, so that was like the big... Change. Big change. We started cooking together recently. That's a new thing. That's cute. Been together almost six years and we've never like made dinner Sat together down and cooked out. until now. That's it's really exciting. cute. Yeah. I love Max. I'm a big Thanks. fan of Max. Me too. I'm glad. Yeah. That works out nicely it for really you. really good. Okay, yeah. good, good. <laughs> okay, so Willow. Yes. Today we're going to talk about something that I'm really excited about. Me too. Because I feel like people either don't know about it or they don't want to talk about it or they're scared to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like people don't want to talk about this. No. So we're going to talk about politics. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. Okay, and not in like a partisan way. It's really, I really just want everyone to understand why it's important to be informed, why it's important to be involved. And I mean, we're young people. Mm -hmm. And I would say you are for sure, which is why you're here talking about this particular subject. You are by far my youngest friend that's like super well-versed on this stuff. I feel like it's like, Adult, I mean, we're adults too, but like, you know, I feel like it's like a mom and dad thing and like they know about <laughs> politics and I don't really know. Right. And you've actually been involved for like years. Yeah. Like far before now. Yeah. Which is really cool. Long time. But there's a lot of stuff going on that I want to talk about. Yes. Okay. So give us a quick background of your involvement okay. in like the political sphere. That would be good. So I come from a pretty bipartisan family Mm -hmm. I guess you would say part of my family is very liberal and Mm -hmm. part of them is very conservative Mm -hmm. and we've always been a very political people um so it's it was definitely something that I like grew up around yeah um and I remember watching like political speeches when I was really young and stuff like that I threw an election night party oh my god really (laughs) like when I was very young I had like homemade like buttons and like banners and like the whole nine that's so cute um so it was definitely Definitely started pretty young. Mm -hmm. Um, As I got older, I kind of like found my way uh, politically for myself, like balancing the two sides of my family, kind of Mm -hmm. figuring out like where I fit into it and where like my beliefs started to lay. Um, In high school, I wasn't super, super involved. Um, I went to like a few rallies and stuff with my mom. But other than that, like 
I come from a very conservative town and so if my views didn't match up with that I just kind of stayed quiet instead for, sure. for better or worse because mm-hmm. um, it was kind of hard to like if you had any sort of like opposition it was really hard to like voice it in that environment totally um not now of course yeah <laughs> but, uh, but back then it was definitely a little intimidating so fast forward uh, into college, I uh, studied speech and debate. I was on the speech and debate team at my junior college, Columbia College, in my hometown. So cute. Um, and so debate is obviously very like politically driven, mm-hmm. especially the type of debate that I did. Um, I also did other events that weren't so politically driven, but mm-hmm. it's kind of inherent in that arena to talk about current events. Totally. Yeah, so I loved doing that. Um, I ended up moving and transferring down here to Cal State Fullerton, um, when I transferred, I was really intimidated by like being at a university. Yeah. So I only went to school part time. Mm-hmm. I took night classes mm-hmm. and I was a waitress. So I worked at night too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was wow. like, what do I do during the day? Yes. And I felt super like unfulfilled and kind of like confused about what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I ended up applying for an internship. Mm-hmm at uh, the Democratic Party of Orange County. Mm-hmm. And so I was there for just under a year. Actually, I ended up becoming their social media director mm-hmm. um, after a few months there and then kind of stepped away because it was just kind of like my time to go. Yeah, uh, I helped bring back uh, one of the clubs at Cal State Fullerton, the College Democrats there, yeah. with a few of my fellow intern buddies. Uh-huh. Um, so we kind of brought that back. And then I ended up working on campaigns shortly after that. So there was a congressional candidate um, that I started kind of volunteering for and then ended up becoming paid staff with him. And then after that campaign ended, I ended up working for his consultant. Mm-hmm. So political consultants usually have their hands in multiple different campaigns okay. doing whatever kind of like their specialty is. Yeah. Um, so my specialty, the role that I played in that was a lot of social media, mm-hmm. a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a communication major. I ended up adding in a political science minor because so cool. why not? Yeah. That was like really kind of like where my passion was, was I yeah. wanted to be like a political writer. So I worked in a lot of local campaigns, mostly like city council, mm-hmm. school board, yeah. stuff like that um, in that area. Mm-hmm. And then ended up kind of taking a back seat from that to kind of focus on other things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's that whirlwind. so cool. Thanks. That is seriously so cool. I remember when I first met you and we were talking about this and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so smart and she knows all about politics. And I did a lot of things. I love politics. I am not nearly as well versed as you are, but I love it. But I more think than it's the average so much fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, I try. I mean, I try. But I think it's really interesting and my family is very political. Yeah. And kind of like, like you – an array of views. Mm-hmm. It kind of depends. It's my brother's in the military. Right. Both of my parents served in the CIA. So like there's definitely like a patriotism oh, part yeah. to their politics. Um, but more than that, like my parents have always just really instilled in us. Like I told you this, but I will tell the podcast. I don't think the podcast knows. My family. <laughs> let the people know. Really. Let the people know. Give the people what they want. <laughs> just kidding. They don't care. <laughs> um, my family went to president obama's inauguration when Mm -hmm. he was first elected and we had gotten tickets before he was even elected because it was either going to be the first female vice president or the first african-american president right so we were really excited and my parents were like whatever your politics are this is history either way yeah like this is so big (laughs) yeah and so that was really important to my parents just like always just kind of pushing like being involved Mm -hmm. and being a contributing member of society regardless of like 
what your political views are. Because also, as we are coming to find out, what even are political views anymore? Yep. What even is going on? Yeah. What's happening with the parties? I feel like it's hard to identify. Yeah. With either. Yeah. It just, it feels really hard. And I, this is not political, but I posted my very first Instagram selfie ever, I mm-hmm. ever posted, was me, and I posted it, and my caption was, I'm voting, I'm choosing between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, so I'm going to live like I'm dying. And yeah. then I posted my selfie. And I'm, a, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> politically charged uh, caption, I was trying to play both sides, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. but I'm um, still got some comments, so. Of course. I'm not, I don't do that anymore. Lesson learned. I mean, I don't post selfies. Maybe you still should. Maybe I still should. Let's talk about it. Debate isn't a dirty word. That's going to be the title of this podcast. <laughs> oh my Thanks. god, that was so good, wow, Lily. I'm so proud. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> Debate isn't a dirty word because it's not. No, it's gotten such like that's my biggest, honestly, one of my biggest like political pet peeves. Tell me about it. Is that people feel like they can't discuss topics. Or someone will post their opinion on social media, on Facebook, on whatever, and say, oh, this is my opinion. I'm entitled to it. And then kind of shut everybody else out. Where mm-hmm. it's like, well, they're entitled to their opinion too. And right. if you can't defend your position, then it's not a strong position. Yes, Willie. You, like it's not about proving one side is right or wrong or the other. It's trying to gain that middle ground and gain that understanding. If you can't defend why you feel that way about something, I can't understand it. So yes. like in when I did speech and debate, it was all about being able to debate both sides. That way you know what you're up against. Right. But if people can't articulate their opinions or their feelings or their views, mm-hmm. then how am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do with that? Right. You know, how yeah. am I supposed to compare and contrast it to what I feel and the reasons why I feel that way if I don't mm-hmm. know the reasons why you feel a different way? Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. How do you feel, like you mentioned social media, how do you feel when people like, post a really strong opinion on social media and then they get mad when people comment. They're like, this is just my opinion. You don't need to give me yours. Do you right. feel like you automatically invite that if you post? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I think I I think it should be kind of a welcomed consequence. Yeah. I think that if you really if you really strongly believe that, then you should be able to uphold it. Like I said, like have you ever gotten in any heated people. social media debates over politics? Many. That's good. I've, that makes um, me happy. I definitely went through a social media purge mm-hmm. after after I kind of uh, left a few of my campaign jobs because that was my job. Like right. Facebook was literally my job. Yes. And uh, lesser so like Twitter uh-huh. and um, Instagram. So mm-hmm. I took a very big hiatus from it because that was my workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm slowly starting to like get back in there. And I am more mindful about what I say and kind of, you know, you don't want to be an instigator. You don't want to be saying things just to stir the pot. You want to say things because they're thoughtful and because you're trying to gain understanding. Totally. Absolutely. Do you feel like social media has invited like a younger generation into politics? Yeah, absolutely. And like what role does that play for like younger people? Absolutely. Um, We talked about Obama already. He, with his campaign, he was really one of the first major political candidates to use social media. Mm -hmm. And... I think it grew a lot faster than people were expecting, and mm-hmm. there have been both positive and negative consequences of that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we saw a huge influx of fake news right. and like actual fake news, yes, and misleading content and clickbait yes. and all kinds of kind of really unforeseen things, right? Um, like literally something that we've never dealt with before in the world, right? Um, like propaganda on like a brand new level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being really savvy and being really 
media literate Mm -hmm. about like what you're reading and what you're consuming Mm -hmm. is a big part of it Um, especially because older generations that didn't grow up with this technology they don't really understand how it works and how everyone can literally put anything out there that they want totally Um, so I think I would like to think that young people are involved in a more savvy and in a more educated way when Mm -hmm. it comes to being involved politically online but I'm not sure how true that is. Right. The optimist in me wants to say like, oh yeah, of course, like we know how to check check our sources and yeah. see what's valid and what's not. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that's true. What are some news outlets that you go for, that you listen to or read? Um, a little, I do a, a mix of partisan and fact-based, if okay. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think as a general... What's the difference between those two? Yeah, so there's a big there's a big difference between reporting mm-hmm. and punditry. Oh, wow. So... New word. <laughs> I'm new excited. Word, punditry. Punditry. Um, so taking a little trip to the past, yes. in the 80s is when the 24-hour news cycle like really started, before mm-hmm. social media, before smartphones, all that stuff, um, back when like CNN and Fox News were like in their infancy. Mm-hmm. So to keep viewers and to keep people engaged on mm-hmm. their channels, they had to really like beef up basically their quote unquote reporting. Got it. But a lot of it just became commentary. Okay. So uh, something will come out of a news outlet um, from what you might call like a pool reporter. Okay. So a pool reporter is somebody who is at an event to report the facts of what happened. Okay. So those people are at sporting events. They're at, you know, basically any event that might have some sort of public attention. They're there to factually report what happened there. Okay. After that gets sent through, like, the wire service, Mm -hmm. then other news outlets and pundits and reporters and anchors pick up that information and then kind of disseminate it however they want. Got it. Okay. So I like to start my news at one of those more primary sources, something like NPR or the Associated Press. Okay. Those are really good, um, just kind of like fact-based sources. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I'll layer on some of my favorite reporters, maybe like someone from the New York Times or the Washington Post or um, something that's a little bit more like politically driven to get kind of the spin on it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when you're trying to be like news savvy or media savvy Mm -hmm. online – the most important thing is to find out if that's being reported on multiple bases. Mm-hmm. So if you see like a clickbait story and mm-hmm. you click on it and it says like XYZ happened, are multiple multiple sources reporting that? Right. Because um, if they aren't, then it might not even be true. Right. Or B, it could be spun in a way that makes it not factual anymore. Right. So it might have been a shred of something that got picked up and then they cherry picked that information and then spun it into something more controversial or less right. controversial depending on what side they're on. Yeah. 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 Really. So I love NPR. It's pretty yes. much all I listen to. I listen to the Southern California like mm-hmm. 89.3. Yeah. I listen to that and I love it. And there are, even within that, you know, there's like different shows depending on the show that you're listening to. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more like, skewed one way or the other but if you just listen to like the daily rundown of situations it's just facts and a lot of yeah. it's southern california which is great yeah which i absolutely. love that. i love um i listen to on my way here the npr podcast up first yes i love it because it's really short okay um it's only like 10 minutes and it's all mm-hmm. very um fact driven mm-hmm. 
there's not a lot of commentary in between. I've noticed that even with like local news, they have like banter in between segments and things like that. That's and that's true. when things become opinion and not fact based. Yeah. Yeah, so I try to I try to cut down the banter unless it's something that I'm looking for because I don't want to live in an echo chamber. Just the other day, I was on Twitter. I got a lot of news from Twitter, which mm-hmm. like maybe that's not great. But I was on Twitter and I saw a video clip of Nancy Pelosi in some kind of a town hall forum answering questions. Young young people though, maybe it was at a mm-hmm. university or something. Okay. And a young person asked if she hated Donald Trump, and her answer was like, you know, this minute or let I think he. I think he accused her of hating, mm. but but in a way where he was on her side, right? Like he was like, "You and me, we both hate Donald Trump," right. kind of a thing. And she came back with, "I thought it was such a great response." And the reason I liked it was because she's Catholic, and mm-hmm. she talked about the Catholic response. Yes. <laughs> she was like, "I don't hate anyone because I'm religious." Right. Like, right. No, I pray for the president. Yeah. I hope he does well. And I was like, "This is amazing!" And so I sent it to my family, and I didn't realize that when I sent the link, I didn't. I hadn't even read the headline. Oh no! But the headline was something about like. Nancy Pelosi calls Donald Trump a coward or something. And I was like, oh, that's not. That's not the part I was talking about. about. And when I sent it to my family group chat, my mom and my dad responded and they were like, why are you sending us things about the president being called a coward? And I was like, actually, watch it because that's not at all why I sent it. I I actually did it because we're all, we're religious and I thought you might enjoy her religious answer. I thought it was very cool. And she shared this perspective with us. Yeah, I thought it was like really neat. And it was just literally like the most like glaringly obvious example of something where like totally different intention when Mm -hmm. I sent it. But for whatever reason, that outlet, the reporter pulled out like coward. And that was like, I don't even remember, but it was like the tiniest part of what she said. It was like, maybe I think he's a, it wasn't even like really demonstrative. She was just like, maybe I think this, but really it was about like, how she prays for him and she loves him and she wants him to succeed right. and like she's she doesn't hate him and I was like that's great and yeah. it's not at all what was communicated right right which because was a that, you know to that news outlet or whoever it was yeah. that didn't appeal to their readers exactly. so they had to pick something else exactly and use their spin that way they got you know people to read their news what do you think the role this is kind of like really hypothetical but like what do you think the role of the politician is in like managing these news outlets. So let's say I'm president and let's say yes. I'm a Democrat. Yeah. And let's say CNN keeps running these news stories about how great I am mm-hmm. and they're shutting down anyone saying how bad I am. Mm. How do I check CNN for say oh, I'm really generalizing here you guys. Right. I'm really generalizing <laughs> with my outlets. But like how do I what's the politician's job of saying, "Hey, I appreciate your support, but that's a little biased. Right. Why not just the facts?" Because I feel like politicians do enough of, like, the whole, you're lying about me, that's not true, you're making me look bad. Right, right. How how do politicians check the other way? Going back to the social media aspect of things, there used to be, I mean, you've studied, like, PR and advertising, so I'm sure you know about, like, gatekeepers. Right. And the, the huge role that gatekeepers used to play in how the public got information. Mm-hmm. Now with social media, literally anybody can be a reporter and anybody can put out a message to the world. Right. So I think politicians should really like flex that muscle, especially because it was the area that I worked in. Yeah. Um, but really flex that muscle to voice how they feel to the public. I don't mm-hmm. think that they should be interfering with the press. Okay. Um, I yeah. think that's the responsibility of the owners of these major companies because we're seeing kind of a media monopoly where it's a very few number of companies that own multiple outlets. I have goosebumps. <laughs> you're so cool. So if you're, yeah. if you're, like I said, if you're trying to like fact check your sources and mm-hmm. you're trying to see like, oh, are multiple sources reporting this same thing, you also have to be mindful, well, who owns those companies? Yeah. Is it all the same 
the same CEO that owns these three companies that I fact-checked my source on. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that why they're all reporting the same thing? Is because maybe they're a donor. Maybe yeah. they have a special interest. Maybe they're in with lobbyists. Like, right. you, don't, you don't really know. So I think, uh, well, I mean, it's possible for you to know, but the average Joe doesn't have the time. No, totally. <laughs> to, to Absolutely. Do that. Yeah. Um, you know, politics doesn't play a large role in many people's lives. Uh, whether they believe it does or not. Yeah. Um, I think it plays a larger role than a lot of people think. Right. But um, what was your question? No, that was... Oh, I, that, should they check yeah, it? Yeah, and you were just saying, yeah, like, they should I, address it themselves. Like, yes, they should They should absolutely address it themselves. Um, they... I'm a big, big, big proponent of the freedom of the press mm-hmm. and that they should have access and have the power to print whatever they think is correct totally um so I think a lot of it relies on the way that that message is getting disseminated mm-hmm. and it's largely through social media you mm-hmm. said that you get a lot of your news through Twitter Twitter yeah. banned political ads so Twitter is kind of putting the shutdown on what? like quote-unquote fake news yeah yeah which is a huge revenue source yeah for social media companies. Facebook on the other hand Mr. Zuckerberg is not doing a great job at monitoring uh you know, fake news yeah. or political ads or anything like that. Right. Um, when I was still, when I was working on the midterm election, mm-hmm. they did change their policy so that you had to be like, quote unquote, a verified user to run political ads. So basically okay. you had to prove that you were a U.S. citizen oh. and then your ads were um, like filtered basically okay. and had to be approved before they were posted. Mm-hmm. Kind of caused some mayhem right. in the election world because you know, politicians have money to spend and that's where they were planning on spending right. it. Yes. What Facebook hasn't done and what was addressed more recently was um, how they're going to handle fake news. Mm-hmm. Because just because I can't pay to get my message out there doesn't mean that I can't make a fake web domain and write a fake story and have that go viral. Right. Which is almost a larger problem yes. than the political ads themselves. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think that you know, with how fast-paced social media grew, I think that's a challenge that we haven't been able to quite keep up with yet. Right. Yeah. Well, and maybe this is just because of my background in, like, the journalism community, but I feel like when you say, like, a fake news story is more dangerous than political ads, 100%, because Mm -hmm. I feel like there's almost this, like, you know, connotation with a political ad that you take it with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. no matter what. Right. Like, I just think everyone kind of knows... You just, yeah. I mean, we've seen so many in journalism, so many examples of political ads that are just like insanely false, yes. but like somehow still work and like yeah. they're allowed to run. Right. Um, but if a news story, I, people just take those more seriously than Absolutely. they do political ads. Absolutely. And I've seen like peers on Facebook mm-hmm. post news stories that like you just have to read the first few lines and it's like pretty or clear Or even that it's just wrong. read what the hyperlink is going to. Read yeah. what that, yeah. read what the site what is. Do you, tell people what you mean by that. So when it says like it'll have whatever crazy clickbait yeah. headline on there, which I'm assuming people know what clickbait is. It's right. when it's something, um, something super outrageous where it's like you have to read more, like the mm-hmm. whole story isn't given in the headline. Mm-hmm. Um, but then instead of it being like, I don't know, NBC News slash Nightline or whatever their primetime news yeah. thing is, it'll be like SoCal.OC slash yeah. .org right. whatever. Yes. Yes. Something and it'll random. be something super convoluted or it'll yes. be like liberal left-wing news yes. or, you know, Trump's yes. America 2020.com yep. or something silly like that. Yep. Where it's, those are just, it's basically a blog Mm -hmm. it's basically a blog by someone who 
uh, is trying to get their point across mm-hmm. or trying to dismantle some other form of power, yep. um, a lot of those are Russian bots. Wow. Yeah. When I when wow. I was working in politics, so I cool. um, I found one of my candidates' websites yeah. on a Russian bot site, and we had to send it to our tech people, and I had to like wipe my computer. Wow. Um, yeah, and we had to send like a cease and desist order and like all kinds of crazy stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay, speaking of Russian bots or Russia, maybe this is not the best segue considering (laughs) I'm not exactly sure where the conversation is headed. Yes. Can you explain to us, literally, what's the date today? Wednesday the 18th. This morning, there is something happening in Congress? Yes. In Congress, because it already passed in the House. In Washington. In yes. Washington. Yeah. I'm going to let you take this it's over. It's still in the House. So, okay. There's something happening today with an impeachment, <laughs> and I'd like you to tell people what's going okay. on. Okay. So, close. Okay. It has to do with Ukraine. Okay. Got it. So, wow, shit. what's happening right now in the House is that... Okay. So, let's back up. Yes. I'll give a, I'll give a very boiled down... I'll do my best... Um, to kind of explain the impeachment process. Yes, please. Thank you. The best example that I think people will be familiar with is to think of it like a bill. Okay. So when a bill gets introduced to Congress, it usually starts at a committee Mm -hmm. in the House. Mm -hmm. So that's where the articles of impeachment began. They began Mm -hmm. in the House Judiciary Committee. Okay. So those articles were introduced. They were accepted. They went through a process called markup where they literally go through like line by line and it's like editing a paper basically. Okay. But they're editing the articles of impeachment. Mm-hmm. So it went through that process. So now it's on the House floor. Mm-hmm. So this morning, the House voted on the debate of that quote-unquote bill, the articles okay. of impeachment. So they agreed on the terms of how they're going to debate the articles throughout the day. And then they're going to have the vote tonight okay. on whether the president is impeached or not. Okay. So That's happening today. That should be happening today. Okay, after the debate. After the debate. Okay. So they agreed on uh, the six hours of debate, divided, yes. divided equally between the two sides. Okay. It's still um, the committee that introduced the bill, so the House Judiciary Committee, um, is kind of in charge of deciding who gets to speak when, even though they get their equal time. Okay. Um, so it started off uh, this morning with, um, Representative Nadler, who yielded his time to Nancy Pelosi, who kind of introduced the topic and then it kind of branched off from there. Okay. Um, who knows where it's at now? Uh, so then tonight they'll vote on the articles of impeachment and decide whether or not the president will be impeached. Okay. What a lot of people don't understand is that impeachment from the house does not mean removal from office. Got it. That power lies with the Senate. Okay, got it. So just like a bill has to be passed in both the House and the Senate, impeachment and removal from office need to be post need to be passed by both powers. So a president can be impeached without being removed from office. Yes. The okay. most recent example is Bill Clinton. Okay. Yeah. Did Bill Clinton did he did he leave office? He, he finished he did, his term. He finished his term. Okay. Yes. So Bill So what is that so what's the significance of being I mean, other than like like the biggest like <laughs> public like we don't want you here and you're right. still here but like what's the significance of being impeached if it really effectively changes nothing right um well first off you said you know publicly it's not the public deciding it's whoever has the majority in the house okay yes yes good so point. there's actually surprisingly a lot of similarities between bill clinton and now okay um in the sense that 
the presidency has an opposition in the House. Okay. So we have, obviously, the executive branch is uh, Republican held currently, but the House is democratically held. Okay. Back in 98 with Bill Clinton, it was the opposite. Got it. So I can kind of imagine... I can kind of imagine a similar, I'm not a pundit, but I can yeah. imagine a similar scenario playing out where he will be impeached, uh-huh. I'm guessing, Yes. Um, if I could see into the future with my crystal ball, yeah. but I don't think he'll be removed from office okay. because of the Republican-held Senate. Okay. So basically, it's kind of like saying, we don't like this thing that you did. Yeah. Have you heard of a censure before? I haven't. So a censure is kind of like a formal, like, we don't like this thing you did. Okay. Like, you should be in trouble for this kind of thing. Got it. Impeachment, I think, is similar. Okay. Um, so it, if it – I'm assuming, like I said, it'll pass the House tonight, and then it will go to the Senate probably in January mm-hmm. because uh, Congress is about to go on recess mm-hmm. for the winter holiday. Okay. Um, which, actually, I read up this morning that Bill Clinton was impeached on December 19th, so it's almost, like, down to the day – Wow, that is so cool. Extremely similar. That's so cool. Extremely similar. Wow. So, um, yeah, I'll have two presidents (laughs) impeached in my lifetime. Dang. For different different reasons. But um, a lot of senators in the Senate and the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, he's said flat out that, like, he's – because the Senate, um, to go back to, like, the process of it, the Senate's role is to be the jury. Okay. So they should they decide whether he should be like convicted of his high crimes and misdemeanors, which we can get into what he's actually charged with in a yeah. minute. Um, so they're that's their role, and Mitch McConnell has flat out said, "I'm not an impartial juror. This is a political process. This isn't a judicial process. We're gonna vote along party lines." They're blatantly coordinating with the White House, saying that they're gonna fall in line with whatever they want them to do and however they want them to act. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens. Is the, that what happened with Bill Clinton? From what I know, I don't, I don't think the coordination was as overt. Like, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but he had a more friendly Senate than he did House. Okay. So that was why he was not removed from office. Okay. Um, for perjury, because that's what he was charged with. A hundred percent people think that impeachment means removal from office. Yeah. I'm not saying all people. I'm saying me me people. Right. I thought that. Yeah. And I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this yeah. will be surprised to know that impeachment is not. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't mean that they're equate. gone. There's yeah. even, I read, it's a very minute and very slim chance, but I even read something about how there's a specific article or a specific amendment that needs to be included so that he cannot run again. Oh, got there's, it. There's okay. a specific wow. kind of nuance saying that he's impeached and he's also ineligible for future office. Got it. Um, otherwise, he could still just run in 2020, from my understanding. Which he probably will. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I assume he, yeah. he will. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. So explain to us what he did. So what's the problem? <laughs> what, what happened? Uh, what happened was what happened was uh, he placed a call to a leader in Ukraine. Okay, where he uh, there was a quid pro quid pro quo exchange between him and the leader of Ukraine. Okay, where the president asked him to investigate Joe Biden, who's currently running for president, right. former vice president Joe Biden. Yes. He asked for that in exchange for a form of aid to Ukraine. So he's saying, I'll give you this aid that you really need if 
you dig up some dirt on Joe Biden because Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, had had some dealings in Ukraine okay. that were completely legitimate and completely transparent, but the president doesn't seem to think so. And okay. so he was asking for a favor okay. from a foreign government okay. to interfere with our election. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> There's wow. transcripts of the call. Um, the way that this information came to light was from a whistleblower. Okay. So there was a career official okay. um, in, I believe, the State Department. Mm-hmm. Um, the whistleblower hasn't been revealed because mm-hmm. they're whistleblowers, so they're protected. Right. Um, Is whistleblower an official term? Yeah, there's like there's like specific protections oh. for them like that. So if they see something that's not on the up and up, depending yeah. on what field that they work in, where they can say hey, this isn't the way it should be. Just yeah. like with corporations. Sure. Um, so there's whistleblowers in the private and public sector. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Please keep going. So essentially um, that came up. So so the president is charged with uh, two items for okay. his impeachment. Okay. One of them is obstruction of Congress and okay. the other one is abuse of power. Okay. So abuse of power came before the obstruction of Congress. Okay. The abuse of power aspect is asking the foreign government for that favor to disrupt the 2020 sure. election. Sure. The second article came when uh, he wouldn't turn over um, documents to Congress so that they could investigate that matter. Sure. So that whistleblower came out and said, hey, this doesn't look right. Something's wrong here. We need to investigate this. Sure. And then the president and the White House kind of stonewalled and said, no, 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 nothing to see here. Like, Congress, you can go investigate anywhere. Which is literally the fundamentals of our democracy, our checks and balances. Yes. So he was... uh, inherently disrupting those checks and balances whether there was wrongdoing or not Mm -hmm. um so even if there wasn't the charge of uh, abuse of power then he could still be charged with obstruction of congress even if they found nothing in that first charge got it uh yeah so that's the that's the tea on what they're trying to do okay so i have a couple questions ill-informed questions i might add but hey. That's quite all right. That, that'll that make them easier to answer. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you got to explain to me why I'm wrong. Okay. Or not why I'm wrong, but like these things that I'm hearing on the news, right? Okay. So I was listening to the debate going back and forth, like different um, representatives, different states going back and forth about right. their opinions. Why is it that some people on the side of the president are flat out saying, this is, this was hard for me to believe. Maybe I'm naive. <laughs> but like they're saying like, Dead ass. Nothing wrong happened. Yeah. How are they? Are they? Are they literally blatantly lying, or are there blurred? Is there any kind of like could be swayed one way, or like are people just like <laughs> dead ass, like saying? Do you get my question? Yeah, like, I do. Like it's hard to understand that. Yeah. Um. That is something that's hard to kind of wrap your mind around because that's something that's really unprecedented. Yeah. I will say that. Uh, going back to the process, so once it gets to the Senate, there's the opportunity to call witnesses, just okay. like you would in any other trial, because sure. that's the form, that's the role of the Senate is it's the trial and the jury. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> officials won't testify under oath saying that the president did nothing wrong. People from his own administration and from his own officials, they won't say under oath that he didn't do anything wrong. Got it. Um, Interesting. When members of the House are speaking on the House floor, they took their oath of office, but they're not uh, they're not witnesses. They're not under oath at that moment to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Got it. 
Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Okay, that's ex- better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that that's why they're that's why you can have such like polar opposite mm-hmm. things being said. Yeah. Like the other person is just totally wrong. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So let's say the president gets impeached. Okay. Do you think that he will win a re-election? Uh, you know, never say never. Okay. After, after, after what? The first time. Yeah. yeah. After yeah. 2016, honestly, like never say never. Um, I heard, so I don't, you know this about me, Riley, but yes. I don't think all the listeners do. <laughs> I'm a very opinionated person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I love it. um... I describe myself as uh, the character Oscar from The Office, oh my God. where I tend to interject myself into conversations and say, well, actually, yes. and fact check the best I can. Yes. So uh, <laughs> the other day I was at the gym, uh-huh. and I was working out with my headphones on, mm-hmm. as I often do, and I just happened to hear this personal trainer and his client discussing polling information for the 2020 election. Okay. And he was talking about how... President Trump is far and away from any other Democrat. No matter, all this impeachment stuff is just giving him power and all yes. this thing. The thing about polling information is it's a moment in time. Okay. Polls are meant to chart an overarching theme. Okay. So they're meant to track trends. They're not meant to be decisive information. Right. They're saying if the vote was held right now with these people... What would it be? What would be the outcome? Right. What would happen? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have to look at polls, just like with news sources. Who's funding them? Who did they call? What right. time of day did they call? You know, what type of people answer the phone and actually take, take the information? Yeah, yeah, take these polls. Mm-hmm. I'm personally one of them. Yes, a lot of people Way to go, aren't. Really. Yeah, you. I am not one of them. Thank I you. have yeah. to say. Well, yeah. and you might not have ever gotten calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's true. Honestly. I usually just get sales calls. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Lots of telemarketers. Right. Um, but yeah, so I don't I don't put too much stock in them. It is good to look at maybe the same poll repeated multiple times. Sure. Because that's a better kind of view into one sector or one faction of the country. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I think it's – the president has obviously a lot of power with his base. Uh-huh. Just like he does in – Congress, right. where people are just blindly following him. Yes. They're saying, we're going to walk in lockstep with you yes. no matter what you do. Right. Those kind of like die hard, super divisive um, people that right. is kind of unseen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> kind of unprecedented. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think that my own party, I don't think that the Democratic Party is doing a stellar job of having a standout candidate. Mm-hmm. and having a strong enough message. Yeah. Um, the Democrats have always had a problem with their messaging where it doesn't fit on a bumper sticker. Right, yeah. We saw a very similar example recently in uh, the UK with they just had a vote for prime minister uh-huh. with uh, Boris Johnson, who had never been elected by the public before. Right. He was elected by his own party into the position of prime minister after Theresa May had stepped down. Yes. Because Brexit has been such a headache. Right. I really hope they figure it out because I just booked my honeymoon in yes. the spring and I'm really concerned because yeah. there's riots in Paris and yes. Brexit in England and I yes. don't know. Yes. Anyways, I digress. Um, so cool. So a large reason why Boris Johnson won mm-hmm. was because he had this punchy catchphrase. He said, we're going to get Brexit done. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. That was his whole spiel. Yeah, his that whole was shtick. Mm-hmm. 
the other candidate, Jeremy Corbyn, he didn't take a position on Brexit. Yeah. He didn't have a catchphrase that fit on a bumper sticker. Right. Um, so I think we're having a similar issue in the United States. Mm-hmm. And if that issue persists long enough, then we're going to have the same result that England did, where this kind of, in my opinion, extremist candidate wins mm-hmm. over someone who will do, you know, the greater good. Yeah. Justice. Yeah. So this is something actually I was catching bits of in the debate earlier today mm-hmm. in Congress. Um, somebody said, what what you mentioned, the, the first article of impeachment, the first thing. Is it article of impeachment? Is that yeah, the first article? Um, the first which one? The obstruction of Congress or the abuse of power? Abuse of power. Okay, so the abuse of power one, the, the, the person speaking was like, one of them said he – used his power to dig up dirt on his opponent Mm -hmm. running in the election. Right. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. And then the next person debating said, actually, it's not really his opponent because there's like 21 candidates running and he's he's not even like Joe Biden. He's not even like the front runner of the of the ticket. Right. So what about that? What is is would it is there a level, is there a varying degree of like severity depending on how likely it is that this person will actually be your opponent in the election in your opinion that's a really good question um like do you think there should be or you think it just I think that at the time the call was placed Mm -hmm. which so I think context plays a really big role okay sure yeah at the time that the call was placed which I believe was back in June Uh uh-huh Joe Biden was considered one of the front runners right yes so he was uh you know he was considered kind of our guy. Yeah. Um, which personally it's unfortunate that it's a guy again. Right. Yeah. But I don't think it will be now. At least. Right. Um, but he was, he was considered one of the front runners polling for mm-hmm. better or worse was showing mm-hmm. that he was kind of a leading candidate before he even announced that he was going to run. Right. This was before there were some charges of, um, I believe it was like inappropriate touching or mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. before that kind of controversy, before the, um, I need a hill hearing controversy mm-hmm. was kind of mm-hmm. brought up again and people were like, okay, like maybe we should take a step back from him. Yeah. It's still an abuse of power for the president to look into a political rival, whether it's his actual opponent or not, I okay. believe. Yes, for sure. Um, I'm not sure if legally it's the same, mm-hmm. but in my opinion, whether uh, Vice President Joe Biden is a candidate or not, he still holds a significant amount of power in his former position. Absolutely. So even if he independently wanted to disseminate his message and lobby for other candidates or support other candidates or whatever he does Mm -hmm. in his personal time, um, he still has kind of the persona of a political figure. People are still going to respect him the same way as they would a candidate. Okay. So to me, it's the same. So when you, when, if this, let's say he gets impeached tonight. This is exciting that this is happening on the day that we're recording. Yes. This is so (laughs) cool. So let's say he gets impeached and let's say it goes to the Senate. Are the same materials and evidence going to be presented in the Senate that were presented in Congress? That's kind of the big question right now. Okay. So there have been meetings between the House Majority and the House Minority Leaders in the Senate about the procedurals. Do you, who are those people? So that is, uh, Do you know the, these people? the Majority Leader is Senator Mitch McConnell. Oh, okay. And the Minority Leader is Chuck Schumer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was a Familiar. meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. Um, there was a meeting 
between those two individuals kind of to talk about their procedural elements of it. Just like how there was a procedural vote this morning in the House uh-huh. about um, debate and how long the debate should be and all that kind of like, I think it's really interesting, but other people think it's like really boring. It's just, you know. Right. It's just the process of the yes. system to keep order. Mm-hmm. Um so there was a meeting to kind of decide, are we going to have witnesses? Are we not going to have witnesses? Kind of how is this going to go? How are we going to proceed? Mm-hmm. Um, but since the House hasn't actually impeached the president yet, mm-hmm. the Senate majority doesn't have a reason to agree on terms because it hasn't actually happened yet. Right, sure. So there's no incentive for them. Okay. Um, of course, the Senate would like to work with the House so that they're best prepared when they get there. Right. But they don't really have a leg to stand on, especially when they're in the minority. So Chuck Schumer doesn't really have a whole lot of power mm-hmm. to, you know, get things going the way that he wants to mm-hmm. um, when the House hasn't technically passed anything yet. Got it. So that'll be something that'll happen later in the process because it shouldn't be hitting the Senate until January. Okay, so I have a f- I have a few more hypothetical questions okay. here. I like so, these. so let's say the Senate passes it and he gets removed from office. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that happens. Okay. How long would that even take? Because, like, his term's almost up. True. Um, it depends. Oh, okay. Are the Democrats... Okay, by the way, yes. let me just preface this question and also apologize to the listeners. I'm speaking super generally because I just don't know enough to not speak generally. Right. Like, I'm generalizing because... Yeah. I know you'll get the question, and I'm just trying to ask this in a yes. straightforward kind of way. We're just trying to get the information to the people. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to do here. Yeah. I'm not trying to, like, cause problems. Right. So are the Democrats genuinely thinking that he's going to get removed from office? Or, like, is this why the Republicans are calling it, like, a sham and a charade? Is it because, like, really nothing is going to happen? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a few things. Um... So Nancy Pelosi is not an idiot. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> so she's she's the the Speaker of the House. She's an extremely intelligent woman. Yes. Um, I don't think she has any illusions about whether he's going to get removed from office or not. It's, sure. It's, if you're looking at the numbers, it's just really not going to happen. Right. Um, especially because for removal of office, you need a two-thirds majority of the Senate. Got it. So it's not a simple majority where you just need 51 senators. And there are a few wild cards in there that have felt pressure to go more liberal on certain issues. Sure. Um, especially with re-election coming up for a lot of them. Um, but I don't think she's delusioned about it at all. Mm-hmm. I think what it does for Democrats, especially if they're from a liberal district, mm-hmm. it gives them something to go home and say, look, we're we're keeping a check on the president. We're doing what we can to protect our mm-hmm. democracy. Mm-hmm. We're doing X, Y, Z to keep your freedoms intact. Mm-hmm. This is what we've done. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of more so, and to protect the future of democracy. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, because if we if we let attacks on our democracy or attacks on our checks and balances go by the wayside without anything happen, then the repercussions of that, it's going to set a precedent for decades to come. Right. If we allow, yeah. you know, one thing to go by the wayside and not check it. Is it an <laughs> oversimplification to say, like, this is more... Not an act in futility, but, like, mm. an act of, like, what's it, um, principle, not really, like, like, yeah. they're, they're doing this on principle because, like, the president did things that were not acceptable and they want some kind of formal 
denounce no absolutely absolutely I think it's I don't think it's an oversimplification to say that they're doing this because it needs to be done okay they're doing it because they see these as impeachable offenses high crimes misdemeanors bribery those are like the few uh kind of described terms for impeachment um they're doing it because those things happened Mm -hmm. and because they believe that the president should be reprimanded for Mm -hmm. them Okay, now this is just like totally an opinion question because okay. I think it's kind of interesting. So I don't, I think at this point probably like it's not super surprising where your political affiliation <laughs> at this yes, point. not shy about it. Do you think, in your opinion, like who was worse? Bill Clinton's impeachable offenses or like Donald Trump's impeachable offenses? Um... Looking purely at... Like just fat, like just, yeah. I'm just curious because I really like... I don't know. Like, it seems kind of douchey what Bill Clinton did, but also, yeah. like, I here, here's what, well, actually, answer the question and then I'll say. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts first. Okay. I definitely think um, what Donald Trump done is worse. Okay. Because what Bill Clinton did didn't fundamentally disrupt our democracy. Mm-hmm. I also think that one of the reasons why what Donald Trump did is worse mm-hmm. is because there is reason to believe that he's done it before. Right. And there's reason to believe that he'll do it again. Right. And just because it's happening in uh, the executive branch right now doesn't mean that it won't happen in other races down the line. Right. Not necessarily presidential races, but House races, Senate races, mm-hmm. whatever races. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, if Russia can get a hold of my campaign information here in Southern California for a house race, yes, um, they can easily get a hold of information for whatever other race. Right. So Bill Clinton, to be clear, he was impeached on perjury. Okay. So he Which perjured. So he lied under oath. Right. He lied and he said that he did not have relations with Monica Lewinsky when he did. Right. So that's what he was perjured on. Got it. That to me, does it affect his character? Yes. Yes. Um, did it affect him being president? No. Right. Did it affect later elections? I really don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think the repercussions of the action, uh-huh. whatever your moral stance on it is, um, and recently Hillary Clinton has been very candid about like one of the hardest things she's ever done in her, her life is deciding whether or not to stay in her marriage. Mm-hmm. Um I that think makes me really sad. That's a hard really thing. Does. That's like a real. That is like a thing with her. Where I made the joke on my Instagram about deciding between her yeah. and Donald Trump, but like it. Yeah. It's it, that's really hard. Hillary Clinton she's is an imperfect through, person, yes. but she's still a person. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I think it's it's ironic that there's so many similarities between the impeachment in 98 and the impeachment process now. Yeah. When I feel like the reason that we're there is so different. Yeah. Yeah. That's really true. Yeah. And I feel, so then this is what, so this is like my take on it. I agree. I 100% agree with you that like what happened does not affect like our democracy. Right. what, What Bill Clinton did. Yeah. As opposed to what President Trump did. Yeah. Um, I think the difference is like what President Clinton did to Congress and the Senate, it's a lot worse what President Trump did than what mm-hmm. President Clinton did. But like to the American people, because it was more scandally yep. and easier to understand than mm-hmm. what President Trump did, it is very easy for me to understand he had sex with the intern or whatever and then lied about it. <laughs> right. Easy. Got it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. I see that on Housewives. It's a bumper sticker yeah. impeachment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like exactly. it makes sense. The fact that you needed to take 15 minutes to explain to me, like, what had even <laughs> happened with President Trump right. just goes to show that, like, 
the American people probably, I'm assuming, there's probably a poll on this that I'm not aware of, but I'm assuming that they don't see it as that big of a deal because mm-hmm. they just don't really get what happened. No. Like, I didn't really get what happened. I literally was like, why is he being impeached? What? He couldn't have done any. This is my thought. Okay. He couldn't have done anything that bad because I don't know about it. <laughs> really, that's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, it can't be that drastic because right. I feel like there would be more information on it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I was two years old with President Clinton, but, like, I'm sure there was oh gosh, a lot of, two? like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was talking to a coworker the other day, and I was talking about how, like, vividly I remember it, and she was like, you remember stuff from them? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Plus, I wasn't the normal kid. Like, I was watching, like, SNL and, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, C-SPAN and yeah. stuff when I was very young. Yes. Thanks, Mom. Yes. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Shaped who I was. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it just, it, but it, it, I don't know, it just feels like, it's probably really frustrating for mm-hmm. people in politics when they're like, this is so, th- this actually matters. Yeah. And it probably was really frustrating at the time for people in politics when President Clinton was being impeached, being like, yeah, like a big dick move there. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. but it doesn't really affect, like, it's, I, it, the way I see it is I find it very equivalent to, like, modern day when people are like, Trump's an asshole, but he's not a bad president. Right. You know, people say that yeah. when they're like, did he say that you could grab a woman by her pussy? Right. 100%. Yep. Big dick move. Yeah. But, like, and I'm not saying it's my opinion. I'm, right, I'm right, like, right. quoting this with people when they yeah, say, yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't affect how he, how he runs the economy right. or whatever, right? Yeah. And it's like. But that, like, to me, and whatever whatever kind of skewed memory I have, I feel like when the Axis Hollywood tapes came out yeah. about him saying that they could grab he could grab a woman by the pussy or whatever, right. I feel like that was a way bigger deal oh, than yeah. what's going on right now. Absolutely. Like, I knew way more about that. And yeah. I think that, like, same thing when President Clinton was impeached, that probably, like, made a lot more news for the general public because mm-hmm. it's more interesting. It's more digestible. Yeah, it's exactly. A, it's a lot more interesting. It's very soap opera-y. Yeah, very soap opera And it's much more digestible. Yes. Um, I think it was also kind of a slow process, like learning about the Ukraine call. Yeah. Because at first there was an unofficial transcript and then there was a transcript. And yes. then it's, you know, it's been this long process and it happened so long ago. Uh-huh. And so it's been kind of slow going. Uh-huh. And I think another flaw in the Democratic Party is that lower level representatives have been trying to impeach him since the beginning. Yes. Which plays right into the Republican side saying this is a witch hunt. They've been trying to do this since day one. Yeah. Because some lower level representatives have. Right. Um, What do you think about that? uh, I was I was not stoked about it at the time. Yeah. Because I think I think like I you have to have a reason. Right. You know you can't and I'm sure that those representatives wholeheartedly thought that they did have a reason to impeach him. Right. But if it wasn't big enough for kind of the chain of command within the House to pick it up, mm-hmm. then it's not worth bringing it up. Right. There's more important things and a lot of bipartisan things that have been passing. People don't know. They just raised the age limit to buy tobacco. What? Like yesterday. What? It was in the spending bill that they passed to keep the government funded because the government was um, about to be shut down yeah. because it wasn't being funded. Mm-hmm. So I believe they passed a continuing resolution, which means that like, funding stays the same. Yeah. But within that same bill, they raised the tobacco age, tobacco purchasing age to 21. What? Fun fact. That's crazy. Bipartisan. Wow. Nobody knows. So I think that there's, wow. a, there's a lot more uh, work that could I be like done. That. I do too. Yeah. Um, 
there's a lot more like important work that can be done as opposed to like those futile kind of early on um, articles being introduced. For sure. Especially when these representatives have home districts to go back to. Yeah. To talk about. So we'll see how that turns out in 2020 also. Because House members are up every two years. So they're constantly running for re-election. So that also is like a really interesting part of this for me. Um, I'm really into like, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Like kind of like organizational psychology. Mm-hmm. Like I really like like Adam Grant and Malcolm Gladwell. Like I'm really into that sort of a thing. And one of the things that they always talk about is like the people that should be leading us are the people that have like no desire to lead us. I'm sure you've yeah. heard that before. And like, and I, I I'm fully believe in, you kind of have to be like, pretty arrogant to run for president. Oh, yeah. Like, to think that you are, like, capable and qualified yeah. of running the country, no matter what side you're on. Right. It's the same thing, like, like doing a podcast over, like, you kind of have to have a certain level of thing to be like, whatever I have to say or it's do, important. it's important, <laughs> and everyone should hear yes. it. And so um, I think it's interesting because it's, like, it's kind of disheartening to realize in a situation like this, like, how much these representatives value their re-election mm-hmm. for like how they'll vote yeah and that was brought up a lot in the debates today is like mm-hmm. the 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 side what not the opposition what do you call each side like what's the side that wants to impeach him opposition or are they the ones for it are they opposing the president <laughs> i don't know okay so the people that want to they're impeach in him. favor of impeachment yeah, yeah. so the the, the people Those in favor, in favor. and you can't even say party right because there's people on both parties i mean allegedly i don't think i think it's going to go directly on party lines oh really especially in the senate um oh, a house member cool. actually a house member actually switched parties this no. past week yes Stop. There was a Democratic member of Congress who w- opposed impeachment, so he's filing to become a Republican. Wow. And he lost, I believe, like six members of his staff in doing wow. so. Yeah. See, okay, so like, isn't that, <laughs> isn't that just like really like, doesn't it just like totally defile like any faith that we have that like yeah. these people, like not these people, not everyone, right? but like. These decisions are being made based on whether or not they're going to get reelected. Mm-hmm. I think I think people really underestimate the power that political parties have. Okay. When it comes to elections, um, political parties practically run primary caucuses and things like that, like the primary elections. Yeah. Like those are those are state run. That's why they yeah. differ from state to state. That's why right. some states have caucuses, some states have primary elections. Okay. What is I'm. I don't know what the difference between those two are. So a caucus, a caucuses <laughs> are actually like really interesting to me. Um, so the uh, the most famous one is the Iowa caucus, especially because okay. I believe it's the second one. I think New Hampshire is first in the nation and then Iowa is second. Got but it. They're very close together. Those Iowa cocks. Those Iowa cocks. Go the caucus. So caucuses are literally when the voters meet in a room and you stand in groups of who you support. No, like four corners. Four corners. What? Yes. That's so cool. It is. It's like bonkers to watch. There was, I forget the name of it, but there was a documentary I watched about the um, Obama's first election where they were like on the ground at the Iowa caucus and it's like, it's wild to watch. That's so cool. Because people literally go around and they're like, okay, like these are our Democratic candidates. This is where everybody stands. And then there's like cutoffs. So like these people don't meet the threshold. So now right. you need to decide who else you want to join. Yes. So like you're support- supporting this low level candidate. They don't pass the threshold. Where are you going to go instead? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, wow. it's, a, it's a big commitment for wow. voters to like be 
there and decide like which literally which camp they want to be in. Yes. Um, where in states like ours in California, we have a primary election. Uh-huh. So that's like a traditional like you go to the ballot box, you cast your vote kind of thing. Yes. Um, fun fact for Californians, our primary election recently got moved up. Okay. So we used to be kind of in the later end of um, kind of like primary season and now we're a little sooner. So we might play a bigger role than we have in previous years because normally it's kind of already decided by the time we get here, especially because we're literally going against time. Yes. um, Just because we're on the West Coast. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow, really? This is insane. It's a lot. This is so cool. This is so cool. How, um, do you want to like do more things in politics? Run I for president. Think... I'd vote for you. <laughs> Thank you. 100%. Um, uh, yeah, I think I'll always be kind of, like I said, an inherently like political person. Yeah. I'm not sure if it'll be a part of my career, mm-hmm. um, but I'll certainly still volunteer, um, donate, you know, either my time or my money to yes. candidates that I believe in, make sure that my friends and my family are registered to vote. Yes. I don't, like, I literally do not care who you vote for. Right. Of course, I'm going to support the candidates and push for the candidates. Absolutely. And propositions that I want to, but as long as people are voting, the United States has, like, the lowest voter turnout of any developed country. Wow. Did you hear that? Repeat that, Willow. Oh my God! The United Willie? States is the lowest voter turnout of any like developed country. Dang people! Yeah, go vote. And, well, and a lot of that has to do with like systemic voting issues, like voting mm. rights. So, okay, mm-hmm. can we talk about? that Oh now? my God! Let's talk. about I'm getting it, fired up. I love I'm it. I'm getting fired up. I folks. love it. I love okay. it. Let's talk about. Let's it. talk about voting. Yep. Okay, so obviously the most important thing you can do is register to vote. Yes. Uh, You can go to vote.org. It literally, it's like signing up for an app. Love it. It's super easy. Um, The second most important thing, especially for younger people, I feel like, is keeping your voter registration updated. Okay. So anytime you move, if you want to switch parties, if you want to go to a permanent um, absentee ballot, which I highly recommend, you can do all of that online. Okay. There's a huge issue in some states where um, it's kind of like a, they call it use it or lose it. Okay. So if you're not voting, they will purge you from the voter rolls. If they think you've moved and you don't confirm that you didn't move or that you did move, they will purge you from the voter rolls. That seems unfair. Yeah. There is, um, yeah. Uh, there's a few cases right now in Wisconsin, which has always been a huge swing state, and also in Georgia, because uh-huh. recently in their gubernatorial election, there uh-huh. was a lot of voter suppression that took place. Wow. Um, and it unproportionately affects young people, people of color, yeah. people of low income. Yeah. Like, it disproportionately affects those people. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Yes. They're, but they're trying to work, like, lots of hours. Exactly. They're trying to manage many they things. Have a lot, they have a lot going on. Yes. They don't have time, you know. Like, legally, your employer has to give you time to vote. Right. But at the same time, if that comes at a cost to you or you have to go pick up your kid or you think that, you know, you have to vote by the cutoff time, 8 p.m. Right. usually is what it is, um, that's not true. You just yeah. need to be in line to vote by the cutoff and then you're still allowed to cast a ballot. Um, that's why I'm a big fan of permanent absentee ballots. Okay. So that means that I get my ballot sent to me mm-hmm. before the election. Mm-hmm. I can take my time filling it out. Mm-hmm. I can read all the propositions. Yeah. I can talk to people I trust or yep. news sources and figuring figure out where I land on them mm-hmm. and then kind of, you know, just make sure you turn it in by election day. Yep. 
Um, I usually just take mine to my polling place. That way I get my sticker. Yeah. Sometimes they mail you your sticker, which is also fun. Oh, that's cute. It's cute. That's I like wearing like my sticker. I like it. What would you say to like the young people, mostly young people, mm-hmm. and like some of my mom's friends listen to this <laughs> and my mom, but like what would you say to young people? Like what is your Hail Mary ditch effort plea when people are like, I'm just not that interested. Mm. I don't want to cause problems. I don't want to be like too loud because I don't want to, you know, when they like don't talk about like religion and politics on a first date or whatever. And they like carry that for pretty much like all the days of their lives. Yeah. What do you say to those people? Um, I say that your ballot is private. Your friends and family won't know who you voted for unless mm-hmm. you share that information. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is I've talked about how like I'm inherently political. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is too. Mm-hmm. What, no matter what it is that you believe in, if you're that friend that's making all of your friends stop using plastic straws, mm-hmm. talk to your city council. Yep. Maybe your city council can ban single-use plastics. Yep. Maybe that's like your first step in the political world to something that you see yourself in. Because a lot of people don't see themselves in politics. They don't see the effects of the issues on themselves, especially things like impeachment. Right. They don't think that affects them at all. Yeah. You know, they don't. That's true. That's super true. They don't think that the people on the Supreme Court affect them. I've never been one of those people. Yeah. But still, like, I I understand and I, like, identify with them. Right. Um, so everything, everything affects everyone. Right. Is what I think. There is no wrong way to start. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever have questions, like ask a friend, yeah. ask somebody you trust. Yeah. Google it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot I will of- forward any emails that you guys send to Willie and it's she true. can answer your questions for you. I you guys should do gladly. that. Gladly. I had a lot of friends um, and family members message me during the midterm yeah. asking for basically my endorsements. Yeah. Um, all the way down the ballot. Mm-hmm. I'm gladly to provide that information because yep. like I said, I'm an open book. I'm not yep. afraid to share my opinions and mm-hmm. why I feel that way about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's no wrong way to start. There's always a cause that you believe in, whether you think that like we should ban animal testing or, you know, we're getting rid of like puppy mills. Like all animals have to be rescue animals now. Yeah. Um, there's something for everyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everyone loves puppies. Everyone loves puppies. And animals. And I especially love healthy puppies. Yeah. That aren't from a puppy mill. Exactly. Yeah. And like straws and all that stuff. It's I true. mean like non-plastic straws. Yeah. That's what I mean by that. If you feel like your vote does not count, that may be true sometimes in the presidential race. Got it. However, there are down-ballot races that are literally decide, decided by one vote. Or sometimes a coin toss. No way. Yes. There have been state house races <laughs> won by a coin toss. What? Yes. Because they literally got even votes? Yeah. Wow. Or there's, or it's within the margin of error and they can't decide, so they just flip a coin, and then that decides a majority oftentimes. And wow. And that substantially affects things like abortion rights, totally. gas taxes, yes. education, yeah. like it, just everything. Yeah. Um, I, I think people don't put enough stock in how much local government affects them. Right. Especially we're in California. This is a ginormous state. California right. has like the, I can't, it always goes back and forth between like the fifth and the seventh largest economy in the world. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> like we're a huge, huge power. Yeah. Um. So I think it's really easy for us to feel small. Right. Um. But in our state or even in other states, if you start to look down at things at the more like microscopic level, like mm-hmm. we really do all matter. Yeah. 
Do you have, these are like just opinion questions. Do you have an idea of like who you want to vote for? Like who in the Democratic rundown is doing well? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I was really sad that Kamala Harris dropped out. Yeah. Girl, what happened to the big bus? Well, she didn't have any money. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) Which is like totally fair. That's also typically like. (laughs) <laughs> for some reason like a democratic problem yeah is we just like can never get enough money yeah um unless we're getting them from shady reasons and then democrats don't want to support you if you're getting your money from shady places right um yeah so i think i'm gonna throw this is very preemptive but i think i'm gonna throw my support um or premature i guess my support behind elizabeth warren oh yeah She's incredibly intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, she is so smart financially with the things that she have, has done as far mm-hmm. as like consumer protections, paying back money from like predatory lenders, um, like payday loans and things yeah. like that. She's done so much good work when it comes to stuff like that. Um, but I think that's who I'm going to go with. Yeah. That's great. I'll support, like, I'll, I'm just blatantly going to vote along party lines when it comes to president. Right. Um, I have no qualms about that. Yes. So I'll support whatever, Whoever's whatever there. primary candidate yeah. makes it through. Um, Kamala was my number one because I'm a big California fan, but uh, I think Elizabeth is my second. I'm actually wearing a shirt that has a quote about her. Is that her? Nevertheless, she persisted? So ironically, it's actually... It's a quote about her okay. from Mitch McConnell. Oh, <laughs> so that's great. Yeah, so Mitchy, go oh, Mitchy, um, Mitchy. Quick, quick side note. So yes. basically, when Jeff Sessions, who uh, when he was up for confirmation for Attorney General, yes, um, Elizabeth Warren tried to read aloud a letter from Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, widow mm-hmm. against Jeff Sessions from something that he had done in the past that was kind of anti-civil rights. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a rule in the Senate that you can't, like, talk badly about another senator. Got it. So they kept telling her to yield. Yeah. And they were like, you know, Senator Warren, like, yield your time, yield your time, yeah. yield your time. And so when Mitch McConnell got up to address her kind of, like, defiance, he said, nevertheless, she persisted. Oh, I got goosebumps. Right? And That's it's so been kind cool. of like, it's been kind of like a, like a rallying call. Kind yeah. Of ever since. So oh, it's cool. ironic that it's a Mitch McConnell quote. Yeah. But I still, I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> is she, is, is Elizabeth Warren like up in the polls? Is she going to um, get the nomination? Like I said, I don't, I don't read too much. Yeah, you don't put a lot of weight into that. Um, honestly, I'm not, there's not like a standout, I don't feel. Yeah. I feel like she, That's yeah. That's what I heard. I feel like she's got some of the attention, maybe mm-hmm. not most of the attention. Obviously, Joe Biden's getting a lot too. Yes. Um, I love Joe Biden as Uncle Joe, and yeah. I loved him as vice president. He's obviously made some egregious mistakes in the past. Yes. Especially um, with, like, the treatment of Anita Hill and things yeah. in that kind of yeah. realm. Yeah. Um, which, obviously, we're still, like, Clarence Thomas is still on the Supreme Court. Right. So we're, like, we're still going to deal with those repercussions for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has a place in politics, and I don't think it's the Oval Office. Got it. If I'm being blunt. Love that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Goosebumps again. Yeah, and... Yeah, I don't know about the others. That's cool. Yeah, I literally don't even know the others. Yeah. I'm I know Elizabeth up. Warren, mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Is Bernie Sanders in the race? Mm-hmm. I like him. I do like Bernie too. He's I not even like a realistic too. option, but I like him. You know, yeah. I I don't think he'll ever get a nomination. Yeah, I supported him. He's had an extraordinary 
political history. Yeah. He, he's been the underdog since day one. Yeah. I believe he lost, like, his first, like, three elections because he was running as, like, a protest candidate. Good for him. Um, which I have mixed feelings about because protest candidates sometimes take away from the person that I believe should have won. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. I think, yeah. I think I it's wish- a lot more exciting than people tend to realize. There is 100%. There was someone I really respect who uh, she got me onto the phrase, um, politics is Hollywood for ugly people. Because <laughs> it's like just as dramatic and like yeah. just as fierce. Like once you start getting into the nuts and bolts, like it's ridiculous. That's it's, funny. It really is. That's great. Um, really quick side note that I wanted to mention before we leave. Yes. You just started oh. <laughs> a cool new Instagram account. I did. Called Wellness with Willow. Hopefully it's cool. We'll it's see. really cool. Can you tell us what that is? It looks very so- professional, by the way. <laughs> oh, like when you were doing you. your like milk pour thing, Ooh. I was like, oh my God. I mean, I did used to work in social media. It li- yeah. <laughs> Which we talked about. For we know different that. Re- I'm on it yeah. for different reasons now. Yeah. Um, so I've been on like a journey of veganism I guess if you call it that that sounds Mm -hmm. like I've been at a retreat or something (laughs) but yeah I've uh I've been a vegan for the past few years now and I've uh, I grew up dancing Mm -hmm. and so I was really involved in like health and like fitness and Mm -hmm. kind of like always chasing you know goals when it came to that yeah I'm not the most athletic person in the world like do not get me wrong I have zero hand-eye coordination but other forms of fitness I've been like very much into. Yeah. So I just made an account to kind of make myself accountable. Mm-hmm. And um, I get a lot of questions about yes. like, you know, the biggest one, of course, is like, where do you get your protein? Yeah. Which, like, don't worry about it. I, I do. Yeah. Do you? Do you? Are you eating your protein? <laughs> Are you, did you know that everybody needs to supplement B12, yeah. not just vegans? Yeah. Um. So I get a lot of like questions like that just kind of in like my day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Um. So I thought I would like put them out in the world for them to see. Do some exercises. Give yes. some recipe advice. Yeah. My favorite apps, things like that. What, where can people follow it? What's it called? What's the it's handle? Wellness with underscore willow wow wellness with underscore willow what's the most annoying question you've ever got about being vegan or like ignorant or offensive do you ever get offended by questions um the like offensive ones are usually the like well if you're eating something that like looks like meat and tastes like meat like why don't you just eat meat oh yeah what and everybody has their terribly different (laughs) (laughs) um everybody Everybody has their own reasons to being vegan. Yeah. Mine's definitely evolved over the years. Um, I grew up in a community where, like, hunting is very prevalent, like, hunting and fishing. Mm-hmm. And I always said, like, if I didn't have the cojones to, like, go out and do it myself, like, I don't have the right to eat it. Mm-hmm. And that was an argument that translated really well in that environment. Right. Um, I'm also a big proponent of, like, animal rights. So I don't think we should be testing on animals. I don't really think we should be eating animals. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's really a humane way to slaughter them. Yeah. Um, there's obviously better practices um, than factory farming. Like, there's more humane ways to raise them. But I think that the ultimate end kind of outweighs the process, if that sure. makes sense. Sure, absolutely. Um, there's also a huge environmental argument to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, the production of meat and dairy and the food – that we make to feed our food. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> um, is a huge reason, a huge contributor basically to the climate crisis currently. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody mm-hmm. was all upset about the Amazon burning down. The Amazon was burning down so that we could put cows there to like send yeah. to McDonald's. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, if you, you know, if you see the problem, like don't be a part of it. Right. You know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And we've talked about this. People can start just by doing like one meal a day or one day a week of being vegan. That makes a big difference, especially in the environmental. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to make 
it's hard to make that argument for like, you know, an ethical reason, like right. one meal a day. But like but still, environmentally, yeah. it helps. Well, there's a lot of good I'm not vegan or mm-hmm. vegetarian. Although I will say like just mostly for health reasons, like yeah. generally vegan food tends to be like lower calorie, mm-hmm. leaner, more vegetables. So like yeah. a lot of my ve- meals end up being vegan just because I'm trying to eat healthy. Right. But growing up, my dad has been vegetarian for cholesterol oh, reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So he's ha- he only eats like tofu mm-hmm. and my dad pretty much eats vegan because, oh, he likes cheese, but like he doesn't eat dairy right. or anything or eggs because cholesterol, yeah. like all of, ne- he never ate it. He ate it's like mostly vegetables and tofu. Right. And so I love the taste of tofu. Yeah. Because I grew up with it. But um, like I could be down for that. Yeah. But it's expensive too, Willie. It can it be. It can be cost prohibitive for some people. Just. Question mark. <laughs> I'm not sure. Just like anything else, making meals yourself is always the most uh, economically better choice yeah. it's the cheaper option Absolutely. basically if you're if you're eating out every day and you're eating at these like fancy schmancy organic vegan, vegan restaurants. restaurants yeah it can be expensive right. so just like anything else look for sales buy things in bulk when you can mm-hmm. like it's really not it's really not that much more expensive I don't think well and vegetables are like some of the cheapest things to buy yeah absolutely. if you're eating a lot of vegetable heavy things like yeah. that's meat is very expensive like red exactly. meat chicken yeah. even so, like, if you're, uh, if you're, you know, substituting the same amount of food with, like, vegan meat options as you would regular meat options, like, economically, it's going to weigh it. It's going to balance itself out. Totally. Basically. And you don't need to have a vegan meat in everything. No. Right? Absolutely like, not. you can do no. protein yeah, all different a, kinds of ways, yeah. not meat. I, yeah. I picked up a carton of tofu for, like, a buck and some change yes. at the grocery outlet yeah. the other day. And that'll yeah. be, you know, my protein for a few meals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like soups, like lentils. Mm-hmm. Lentils are good. Garbanzo beans are good. Like Mexican food is like one of the easiest things to get vegan as long as it's not cooked in lard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So is that hard to monitor? It's pretty obvious if something has like eggs or meat or right. dairy. But like is it hard to monitor like that, like cooked in things it's, sort of a thing? It, it's becoming more and more transparent. Okay. Like restaurants are good. doing a much better job of labeling things mm-hmm. when they're vegan or vegetarian or they're becoming a lot more knowledgeable. Um, a lot of places will have like ingredients lists that mm-hmm. they can bring out to you, mm-hmm. um, especially because food allergies we're becoming a lot more knowledgeable about. Right, yeah. So it's like people need to know if something has gluten in it or not or a lot of people have soy allergies, things right. like that. Um, so I just think overall we're becoming more knowledgeable about our food and what's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, because processed food, you know, has really changed a lot in the last like 50, 60 years. Right. Um, so I think now that everybody's becoming more knowledgeable, it'll, it's become easier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for Thanks talking for to us. Me. This is so cool. I would do this every week. You have to, that's what I, <laughs> and literally it is so much fun. And that was so interesting. You have to come back yeah. when the impeachment stuff goes through. Yes. And like pre-election. Yeah. Yes. Oh my, wait a minute. We didn't even talk about the electoral college. There's so much more to we have. <laughs> what we should do, NPR does this, we should do, <clears throat> my goodness, okay. a rundown of like propositions and stuff mm. and like what they mean yeah. and like we I'm saying we <laughs> I'm gonna sit here and listen and like we should talk about like yeah the upcoming election absolutely debates yes we do debate recaps oh my gosh. we this is not a we it's a you <laughs> but I'm excited you have to important be, opinions too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I although I will say I'm one of those people totally 
being transparent, I'm one of those people that is scared to share my opinion for fear mm, of like fair. not being well-liked, especially yeah. on something like the podcast. It's hard for me to say anything because I, um, I'm pretty open about my religion, mm-hmm. but I feel like religion is far less polarizing than um, it really can be politics. Yeah, I feel like no one's going to be like, you're a terrible person because you love Jesus. And I certainly am not going to be your terrible person because you don't love Jesus. Right. It's Thank a pretty you. yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Well, he's not religious. Not yeah. religious. Definitely an atheist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah. It's good. Um, but yeah, so like, but politics is one of those things that I try not to get into yeah. because, um, although I will say this, and I say this to a lot of people when they ask about my political affiliation, not that people ask me all the time, but my religion has a lot to do with it. Of course. I believe that we should help people. I yeah. believe that we should treat others the way that we want to be treated, mm-hmm. I believe in equality. And so that a lot of times influences my political decisions. Yeah, it does because, for everyone. Yep. I feel like that's a important thing. Yeah. yeah everything everything resources. kind of like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Everything kind of branches out from obviously like your experience, like your, your literal life experience yes. and how the government has affected you and also your value system. Everything mm-hmm. kind of stems from there and your environment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, Willie, I'm so excited to title this Debate is Not a Dirty Word. Yay! I'm so excited. This yes. has been so good. Okay, as always, oh gosh, we should what? have we should have someone from the other side come and debate me. <gasps> Wait, that's such a good idea. I'm down for that. We have to but we have to find someone who's like very well versed on everything. Open, yeah. yeah, and very open. Hey, Feel free you guys email all your questions in. Yes. Or whatever. Sometimes I get emails. <gasps> Some people do. think I'm lying when I'm like on here and I'm like I do read your email. Some people are like, you're just saying that because, like, you want to feel cool. Some, and Not a lot, no, but sometimes yeah. people will email questions specifically about, like, not controversial episodes, right. but, like, you know. They want like, follow-up. Yeah, they yeah. want to ask things. Fact check me. Debate yes. me through email. Yes. Do whatever you want to do. I will forward it all to Willie and she'll respond do. to you guys directly. Okay, well, thank you so much, Willie. Thanks. This is so much fun. And now we get to go to work together. I'm so excited. We're the same shift. It's going to be great. Off to work. Okay, bye-bye, friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Life of Riley. And I just wanted to say that um, I know that that was a lot of information. I know that was a long episode, but I think it is so important that us young people are informed, are ready to have our own opinions, and are well-educated and well-versed. I encourage all of you to do more research on what was talked about today. Go listen to other perspectives. Go listen to other podcasts. Listen to other news outlets talk about this. Get all of your information. And then, as Willow said, we are more than happy to talk to you, debate things with you, and um, we just want to hear your thoughts. So um, my email is rileyrcarroll at gmail.com, R-A-L-E-Y. R Carol C A R R O L L at gmail.com. Shoot me an email with your thoughts or give me a call, whatever you want. I would love to hear it. Thank you guys so much, and I will see you next time on The Life of Riley.